Hi everyone, welcome to episode four, hashtag never alone. I'm your host, Joe, and I'm here with my co-host, um, relationship counsellor and psychotherapist Mark Fielding. Hello there. Hi Mark. Uh, today's episode is about bipolar. Now, Black Dog Institute says the following about bipolar. While we all experience mood changes in response to life, life's events, some people's moods fluctuate up and down much more than usual. People with bipolar disorder can have extreme moods of feeling really high, very active and euphoric uh, or feeling very low. Um, so Mark, um, just tell us a bit about bipolar, um, what can cause it, um, uh, what are some of the symptoms to kind of diagnose it? Sure. I mean, but bipolar, I think it's important to remember that, you know, bipolar is a spectrum and there are kind of different types of, you know, of bipolar people will experience, you know, bipolar in really individual ways. I mean, kind of simplistically, there's there's kind of bipolar one and bipolar two. And the difference between the two is perhaps people that are diagnosed with bipolar one will kind of experience more hyperarousal, um, whereas people that um, are diagnosed with bipolar 2 will probably experience more kind of depressive symptoms but it is the moving I think between the two that kind of characterizes the condition you know sometimes feeling you know people that you know that have bipolar will sometimes feel quite depressed quite low um, kind of find it really difficult to kind of go about their normal life um, but also they may experience episodes of kind of hyperarousal and I guess the hyperarousal is characterized by maybe not sleeping um, perhaps some impulsive behavior um, and kind of lots of energy you know lots of energy to do things you know and the things that people will do will be really really individual you know I mean again you know I think we you know diagnoses are helpful and I think they can be helpful in terms of people getting help but I think it's important to remember that everyone is different and, you know, because someone has bipolar doesn't mean they're going to be like, you know, anybody else because everyone, you know, we're all kind of individuals. I, I mean, it, managing it, I think, depending on the severity, can be really difficult for people. Um, and often I think managing it with maybe a combination of, you know, kind of medication and also psychotherapy can be really, really helpful for people with bipolar. Um, but it is a really difficult, I think, condition for people to manage. Um, and reasons for it, I mean, I, I guess, you know, genetic reasons for it. Um, I mean, as far as I can see from the literature, you know, people, we're not entirely sure, you know, why, why it kind of presents itself, you know, but it can tend to run in families. So there's possibly a genetic component to it. Okay. Um, so what's the difference between bipolar and just like normal mood swings that any normal person, well, any average person would have? Yeah, I mean, this, this I think, is what makes it really, really difficult for people to, you know, for it, for it to be diagnosed. Yeah, because, I mean, there can be similarities, you know. I mean, people that, you know, maybe present to, you know, to a medic, you know, in a kind of hyper-aroused condition you know the, the, the kind of gp or you know the kind of doctor may think perhaps that's ag adhd um or add um i mean the the difference is really i think the the moving from hyper arousal to depression i think that really is the marked difference between you know somebody suffering from 
depression and somebody suffering from bipolar there will be a movement between you know being hyper aroused and being depressed which is kind of the you know the, the signifier really for bipolar okay um what else should you tell us uh, about bipolar because we had a bit of we had an episode a while ago the video episode on bipolar well, it was supposed to be on bpd but it ended up being on a, <laughs> a bit of both bipolar and uh by borderline personality disorder so what's the difference between personality disorder and bipolar because um i was diagnosed i think last year with borderline personality disorder and um they originally thought it was bipolar but i know it shows certain similar characteristics and obviously with our guests who got a bit confused about what was which was what (laughs) yeah yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I mean it's a it's a it's a difficult and a big question to answer. But I guess the difference is, you know, I would say probably with people that you know that suffer from borderline kind of personality disorder, perhaps the the, the moods kind of moving around, you know, can be looked at in terms of kind of reacting to situations, you know, often kind of attachment situations with other people. So perhaps there's a there's a kind of a clear trigger for maybe the mood, you know, moving around you know, from, from kind of, you know, from being depressed to being happy and, and you know, and likewise, you know, whereas with bipolar, you know, these, it can just come in cycles. Yeah, sometimes there can be a trigger, you know, but often there aren't triggers, there aren't triggers, you know, the kind of the change in moods can be cyclical and there might be no obvious reason, you know, coming from the external world, you know, to create the changes. Whereas I think bipolar often is, is reaction in, in terms of interpersonal, kind of relationships and feelings about them okay thank you um so we now have a as we always do on this podcast we have a guest who has lived experience with bipolar she's going to share her story with us now i'd like to introduce Teresa. is it de pasquale yes or pasquale? yes Joe. um so Teresa, could you tell us a little bit about your experience with bipolar please oh um mood swings um i have i've got bipolar too so i would i had um and do have more depressive episodes which means i get to a state where i feel like i have the constant flu so i go down as far as i can't even get off the couch or off the bed sleeping days and days on end but then I can also come out of it and I go from one extreme to the other. I go to a high, but not hypermanic as such as bipolar one would do. I, I, I wouldn't do extremes as what they would do. Um, yeah, um, it's up and down. Medication for me works. Um I went off it um, earlier on in the year thinking I was okay, which was a big mistake. Um, Ended up back in hospital and back on medication and now I'm okay again. Yeah. Um, So how long ago were you diagnosed with um, bipolar and when did you like start showing signs of I was only diagnosed with bipolar about 10 years ago, but, um, Actually, you know, looking back, it was very traumatic for, for me and for my family as um, I would have had 
showing signs of it earlier on when my children were little. Um, we're talking 20, 23 years ago. Um, I went along to a GP. I was not coping. She turned around and said to me, you're a mother now, snap out of it. Wow. Um, so I went home thinking, oh, yeah, you know, snap out of it. And all those years I was just classified as you're depressed, you're depressed, um, just antidepressants. And obviously they didn't work, you know. And the, the doctors back then, all they said was I just had severe depression. And I ended up leaving my family because I was I was just a mess. I my head, all I wanted to do was do myself over. I could, that was the only way I could see out. I left my family and went into a clinic in Melbourne, and I was only in there two days. And a nurse actually picked it up and said, "Teresa, you're actually bipolar. You haven't got just normal depression." Um, she told my psychiatrist at the time was put on a mood stabiliser and a very low dose of antidepressant. And I tell you what, within two, three weeks, I never felt better. But the consequences it had on my children, you just can't, you just can't get it back. Very sad. Yeah. Very sad. And, and I think that, the, I mean, this is, I think, quite common, you know, finding it really difficult to get an initial diagnosis. And I, I guess what I'm hearing you say, Teresa, is that when that diagnosis came and you could kind of start receiving the care that was actually going to help, you know, it was quite a moment. It really did kind of help you turn the corner. But for years, there was no real help. No, no, no there one, wasn't, Mark. No. I mean, and that's tough. It did affect my children. You know, because um, I emotionally wasn't there for the mark. Um, because I guess you were, you were just trying to cope. Yes. Just trying to get through every day. Yes. And every day I'd wake up and it'd be like, what is wrong with you, you know? Just get over it, you know? Because like, that's what people started saying to me towards the end. You know, it's like, get over it, Teresa. What's the matter with you? You've got everything. You've got two beautiful children. You've got a husband. You've got a home. You know, but when you're in that, in your, when you're in that frame of mind, you just, you just, you can't see any of that. No. You know. No, I mean that. I mean, I guess when people say that, you know, I mean, in, you know, I mean, I guess they're trying to help, but you know, it really shows very little understanding. Because, because it's not something you can just, you know, push through. You no. just wake up in the morning and say, of course, it, it, it completely envelops you, doesn't it? Yes. And as a result, both my daughters have gone into fields where they help families and children. You know? Um, I still feel like I don't have an emotional connection with them, which is quite sad. Um, I, I suppose in time that will come back. Um, but for me, I find that very traumatic. Yeah. All those I mean, years, the, you know, very there's sad. There's been a lot. 
there's a, you know, I can also I can hear that you know there's still a lot of suffering kind of going on. I mean, was 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 what did did the kind of the bipolar present itself much earlier, Theresa? I mean, yes, I would say it was up. there in my teens. I would what, what say was it was yeah. there then, late teens, because I would go days on end without sleep, you know, and then all of a sudden just go boom. And then for months and months I'd be so tired and withdrawn. and But as the years went on, it just got, you know, worse. I mean, really difficult for you to make sense of it. I mean, how, how did you make sense of it? I teenager? didn't. I just thought no. I was crazy. I, I just, I, I, yeah. really, I really didn't know what to think. I, I, I used to drive around towards the end, driving around a country town looking to do myself over. And the suicidal ideation is often is often there, isn't it? There's a, I mean, yes, I guess you know, to escape. coping. Yeah, yes. it's a you know, it, it, it's a way to cope. I guess that's yes. why it comes in. Yeah, and you know, and as a teenager, I mean, it's incredibly difficult. I think bipolar to manage for you know at, at any age, but you know, as a teenager, there's so much going on anyway, and then to yes. have to manage yes. you know an undiagnosed kind of bipolar. Yes. Uh, Incredibly difficult for you. You know, so that was over 20 years undiagnosed. More. Yeah. It's quite common. The, the, yes, I mean, I'm a little shocked by... As the years have gone on, um, when I become hypermanic, I become very creative. So mm. I used to think, but I'm not creative, you know, but I, I am actually in my baking. Like I'll, if I'm not taking my medication regularly, I find I go hypo and I start in the middle of the night, I'll get this idea in my head and I've got to go to the kitchen and bake. Mm. And I'll bake for days and days on end. You know, I just, oh, look at it. But I, I try and, you know, I've got a big heart and, it come it, for me. It comes from within as well, Mark. Sure. Um, like I want. To. Do you feel like baking's your coping strategy? Yes, it's it, it. Yeah, like it's got to come from within as well. But I can, you know, I can see people get tired. I get tired too because it's hard work every day. Mm. You're managing it every day, basically. Do you have a good support network around you, your family, supportive? Yes, the do you girls now are supportive, especially my eldest daughter, mum, my partner, friends. Yeah, yeah. That's very important. Yeah, definitely. Um, what kind of coping strategies do you use other than bacon? Uh, mindfulness, believe it or not, by um, Dr. Russ Harris. Um I remember when I was first diagnosed with bipolar, I did a ses- couple of, oh, I did a lot of sessions on mindfulness and it actually does help me and 
there's one scenario they have with um, it's called Leaves on the Stream, and you actually close your eyes, and every thought that pops into your head, you put on the leaf, and you let that leaf go by. So rather than getting stuck on that thought, because everybody has thoughts, you constantly have thoughts all the time, and you can't stop them. You never can. So what you do is you put them on this leaf and you let them just go along in the stream. And that that really helped me. And there's a, a place in Warrandyte that I love. It's the Warrandyte River. And I would imagine myself sitting there watching my thoughts going along the leaf on the stream. That's what really helped, Joe. Yeah. Believe it or not. But, you know, it, it, that comes as no surprise to me, Trees. I mean, I think mindfulness, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of mindfulness yeah. in my work and in my own life. I mean, it does really, you know, I guess the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? But I yeah, guess but it, you never in order, it. Yeah, but I, I guess in terms of putting a bit of distance between the thoughts coming in and kind of your reaction to them, it, it just puts a bit of space around them, like you know, it does. And the, the, it does. the kind of yeah, the visualization technique you're talking about. Yeah, yes. I mean, I'm familiar with that, and and that's the perfect example of it, isn't it? Rather than identifying with the thoughts, you just allow them to pass through on the leaves. That's right. Yeah. But can you understand, Mark? It gets tiring. Yeah. Every day you you're battling every day, basically, because it, it never goes. No. You're always managing it, always. The highs and the lows. Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely understand it. I mean, it, yeah. it, it is something you're managing all the time. Yes. Know, and really, really exhausting. Yes. I mean, I mean, what is it? I mean, what is it like on a kind of normal day? I mean, how do you? Depends on how you feel, of course. But a I normal mean, day for me would be I would have about eight, nine hours sleep. Hmm. Um, I'd get up in the morning. I'm an early riser, so I get up six o'clock. I make a coffee. I putter around and I start my day. Um, like I said, I love to bake, so and I've got my own little baking business, so I just bake all day. But the key is also to keep busy, but you can only keep busy to a certain degree also because that could become very tiring also because you could be keeping busy to distract your thoughts. Yeah. And that's when it actually causes a problem when you're distract trying to distract your thoughts twenty four hours a day. Yeah. But this I mean, is I, where I mindfulness think, comes in. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm just thinking with 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 bipolar. You know, it's all about you know the balance, isn't it? Just yes. trying to keep balance. I mean, you talked about medication really helping. I'm just would would you maybe talk a bit more about that? Yes. Um, as soon as I was put on a mood stabilizer, my sleep fell back into place. Um, I didn't get the the highs as much. Um, I was put on a very low dose of an antidepressant, 
um, mm. which obviously help with the lows mm. and the anxiety. Um, did you want me to mention what I'm on or not, Mark? Oh, we're, we're, as much as you're comfortable to, Teresa. Yeah, I'm I mean, fine. I take um, yeah. 10 milligram of Abilify in the morning mm-hmm. and 20 milligram of Prozac in the morning. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and that's all I'm currently on. And then you've you found it, it, it kind of it, it levels you out? Oh, God, yeah. God, when I'm not on it, I am all over the place. And and I think the sleep is, you know, is also part of that, isn't it? I mean, sleeping well is, you know, important for everyone, isn't it? Oh. Yeah. can be difficult with bipolar, can't it, sleep? Oh, look, if it's not, if I don't sleep, I sleep a lot. Yeah. If you're not on medication, there's no, there's no medium. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh. What? What? I still. I'm gonna say it again. I found what went on when my girls were younger. I find very traumatic, and I. I still have therapy over that. Yeah. I mean, in ter- in terms of kind of where where you all you all are now as a family. I mean, where 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 are you all now? Um. I'm actually divorced now. Um, okay. We've both moved on, but my girls, um, especially my eldest daughter, we're very close. Um, she actually works for Youth Justice, helping youths. Mm. And my youngest daughter is a nurse and soon to be a qualified paediatric nurse. And they yeah, did yeah. say to me they all went into those fields because of me to help children. And um, how, how do you? And how, how, I guess that brings mixed feelings. Teresa, yes, it does. Yeah, it does because at one, one side of me tends to feel guilty because mm. I wasn't there for them emotionally. Um, mm. Oh, it was just awful. You know, I used to look at other mothers and think, why can't I be like them? You know. But but I guess you did the best that you could yes. and, and uh, they're understanding now I mean they're both kind of in you know they both seem like they're doing really well I mean when they look back and they understand what was going on for you I mean I guess that must that that must help no? it does it does it yeah. does yeah very much so and to see them both doing so well as well you know in life, <laughs> I mean, that must also be be good for you to see oh it is it is it is yeah it is But still, you know, but, um, I, I could turn back the clock, you know, but I yeah, can't. Yeah. So it's just all about moving forward and making the most of it. Sure. Um, so, Teresa, do you have any, like, advice you'd give to other people with bipolar? Take your medication. Do the best you can yeah. every day to manage it and don't ever give up. It comes from within. Don't ever, ever give up. That's my advice. And good psychotherapy, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how was. Um, sorry, Joe. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, how, 
Go ahead. <laughs> we haven't really talked much about the psychotherapy. We've talked a little bit, you know, it's kind of been, been helpful maybe to have the psychotherapy and talking about, you know, what you were saying around your kind of early relationship with your daughters. But, well, I mean, in terms of the kind of psychotherapy you've had, well, what's been your experience of it, Teresa? You know, good, bad? Oh, look, I've had some photos, yeah. I tell you. Yeah. Oh, oh look, uh, you know, to be quite honest, I could probably run a session myself now. With what I with what I know, you know, sure. over the years. Um, no, if you if you get somebody that you're compatible with and you have a connection with, I think it, you know, go for it. It will will help. Yeah. Have there been some bad experiences um, as well, Teresa? So, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you could you talk about those just a little? If you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable, then... With the psychotherapy? Yeah, just maybe what didn't work so well. I think what didn't work so well is the fact that they didn't diagnose with me with, me with bipolar. Yeah. yeah. They just kept saying, you're depressed. Um, one psychiatrist told me I needed to, I needed to kick up the ass. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that's shocking. I have, I have to be honest. You know, um, you know, I, I, I'm nearly in tears now because the pain that the past brings for me, not not because of my illness, because of what happened, yeah. the way I was treated. I just, I just can't describe it. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Joe and I both, you know, get a sense of, of what it was like. You know, and I would really like to say it's uncommon, but bipolar, you know, is often misdiagnosed. Yes, here. I know. You know. Yeah, this is your experience. And it was it was awful. Um, when I become unwell, I dwell on that, all that, yeah. all my past, and obviously I become more unwell. <laughs> But you know, it's something I have to deal with. Um, uh, What what I don't understand is, Mark, is surely somebody would have picked it up, though. Mm. What? Why did it take all those years, up until twelve years ago, for a nurse, a psych nurse? To pick it up after two days, I was admitted. I, I, I don't understand. It, it, it's so difficult to know, Teresa, isn't it? I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a difficult thing. I think can be misdiagnosed, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, why was it not diagnosed earlier? Yeah, I know. I just. But, you know, me sitting here going, why? And I've just got to move on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't block it. It's there. Blocking it is no good. I've got to face it. Yeah. And I've just got to move on. But I, I don't – it will always be underlying, but I, I, every day I move on further away from it. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's really positive kind of yeah. outlook. Yeah. 
Do you have any questions you'd like to ask Mark before we uh, finish no, up? No, it's been lovely chatting to you, Mark. Yeah, and really, and thank you so much for sharing your experiences, Teresa, you know, and, and really being open about, you know, the, the, the difficult experiences that you've had. You know, I think it's really helpful for others that have the condition, that have any condition, really. Yeah. Also, I did want to say my uncle is bipolar. My cousin is schizoaffective, so it's in the family. Yeah. Uh, I, I, my father, I would say 100% had bipolar as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say it was all hereditary anyway. Yeah, this is the kind of genetic factor. Yeah. Which which I guess, you know, I mean, I, which I, I guess makes me wonder even more why, why you weren't diagnosed. Yes, I know. I know. Frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel I get a sense of your frustration from hearing your story. I'm kind of feeling frustrated on your behalf. I know, Mark, but you know yeah. what's done is done now. I'm on medication. Yeah. I'm well. I'm functioning. That's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I love absolutely. my girls. Definitely, uh, I've had similar experiences where. It's taken a while to be diagnosed oh, with stuff. Um, took a while for my anxiety yeah. and my depression. And then when I got diagnosed with BPD, it took a while because I was medicated for anxiety and I'd been on the medication for a yeah. while. And then but I was still showing signs of what uh, someone with anxiety would have, but we didn't know what was causing it. And then obviously, when I saw a psychiatrist, Finally, and they diagnosed me with uh, BBD, which kind of made sense to a lot of stuff. Because um, anyone that knows me, I'm never, I'm never like very, very rarely ill or off work or anything. And I was just having days where I was sick all the time, having headaches, which is so unlike me. And I just didn't know what was causing it. And then it found out it was the anxiety and the board uh, BPD that was causing it, which kind of now makes sense. Very sad, John. But yeah. you manage it? Yeah. Are you on medication for BPD? Yeah, I'm on uh, Lam. I was on Lamotrigine, but I had to come off of it because uh, it was causing sleeping oh. problems. So I'm now on. See, that's another problem uh, I've got. Yeah. Eriquil. Very sensitive to medication. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I know, you know what I mean. I'm, I've never been one that struggled to sleep, but like. <laughs> I had to come off of it because I just couldn't sleep. I'm still having problems yeah. now, but that's I reckon I've got insomnia, so oh, I'm going to treat for that. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, we'll wrap up there unless there's anything Mark wants to add. And uh, just say thank you for sharing your story with that's us, right. Teresa. I know. There is something else oh, I want some... to say. My best yeah. friend had BPD, and I found her, she'd overdosed deliberately um i understand her pain but i also when i found her i thought sorry for swearing but it was fuck if you don't get your act together teresa you're going to end up like that yeah oh, sorry for your loss i know but that was yeah. another thing i went through and... as well Really is the ongoing battle. Everyone like uh, 
worryingly large majority of us nowadays, especially with COVID, I know, I know, have this ongoing mental health and cope better with others, and some just it's hard to handle. I know. Um, but hopefully this podcast gets the message out there that I was alone. Um, and there are people out there that will talk to you and give you the support you need. Um, but hopefully everyone's works together and we get the message yeah. out there and it's like thank you again for telling your story and for joining us and thank you again mark for joining me and helping hopes no problem joe nice to talk to you and thanks again Teresa. thanks mark nice meeting you. you bye guys bye Teresa. um and we will join you guys for episode five which will be about uh postnatal depression okay, so guys. we'll speak to you soon thank, thank you. you guys